This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Yesterday, we continued the conversation on what it means to be an abolitionist. I need us to start at the point of understanding that the only justice we will ever get in this country is the justice we fight for. And if you're not fighting for it, it means you are accepting the system as it is. And so on yesterday's episode of The Breakdown, we talked about what it means to be an abolitionist. Today I want to dig deeper and talk about what it means to have an abolitionist worldview. What is your worldview? What is your philosophy? I want to dig in, I want to press you in a way that may be uncomfortable to start asking yourself, what is it? that I actually believe about the world. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. It's a lot to call yourself an abolitionist, right? It's... It's no small thing. Like, even I think to call yourself a freedom fighter, I I think today even the words activist and organizer are thrown around very lightly for people who aren't necessarily that active or very organized. Uh, a lot of words are thrown out there. And I think the word abolitionist in particular is so serious and has such historical grounding and roots that none of us, myself included, should be quick to call ourselves an abolitionist if we don't quite know what that means. And today I want to continue a second part of a series on what it means to be an abolitionist. First, let me start there. It's It's based on your actions. It's based on your worldview. It's it's based on how you see the world and what you do about the world you acknowledge exists. Are you understanding me? That before you can ever really act to be an abolitionist, you have to have a worldview that there are systems and structures that need to be abolished. And it took me a while to to get to that point in my life. Not that I was questioning the systems and structures so much as I just didn't understand how vital it is to have a worldview that is the foundation of the actions that you go and do. A lot of times in contemporary society in particular, I think we mimic and 
compare it. Now, I don't e- I don't even mean this as a diss. I think it's just an observation, and I have done this before, that we mimic what we see going on around us, be it we we mimic the tweets of people we admire, the Instagram posts or Facebook posts of people we admire. We we march and protest and demonstrate because we saw people from previous generations do that very thing, and so we mimic those actions. But if we're writing the post, if we're marching and protesting and demonstrating, but don't have the fundamental worldview that there are racist, white supremacist, unjust systems that run this country and run the world, if we don't understand their their fuel, their passion for greed, for wealth, that they are fundamentally fueled by uh, capitalism at its at its utter worst, that if we don't accept the the nature of the systems that we live in and sometimes unknowingly and unwittingly participate in, if we don't fundamentally agree that there are unjust, corrupt, racist, bigoted, greedy systems that run this country, run this culture, if we don't accept that, then whatever action you do, and and I'm sorry if this steps on your toes, whatever actions you're doing, I don't know that they are abolitionist actions. We could... We could come at it from another angle and say, yes, you can take abolitionist actions, but not be an abolitionist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be like the argument to say that you told a lie, but you're not a liar. I guess that is to say that you don't lie in principle, like you don't lie as a habit, as a lifestyle, but every now and then you tell you tell a few. And and so maybe. Maybe there's a way for us to have abolitionist actions, abolitionist action steps, if you will, without you calling yourself an abolitionist. But being an abolitionist is about seeing the unjust systems of the world and knowing that they fundamentally need to be torn down. And then being an abolitionist means having that worldview that the systems and structures of the world are cruel and unjust, fueled by all manner of discrimination and should be torn down, and then you act on that worldview. Now, I fundamentally hope that I fit that definition. And I think, for those of you who are listening, let me say it's aspirational for all of us It's not a one-time thing. Being an abolitionist is not just how you see the world. Because I I see a lot of people who do call themselves abolitionists, but they're mainly, they are philosophers of of a certain worldview, but not practitioners of that worldview. So it's not enough to be an abolitionist philosopher that you advocate the philosophy but never take the actions. At the core, at the root of being an abolitionist is acting on it 
Who are you setting free? What are you abolishing? And listen, I'm not saying that inside of an abolitionist movement, we don't have philosophers. We don't have thinkers. We don't have think tanks. Uh, we don't have writers and journalists. Of course, of course, we need all of that. But all of us should have actions that tilt toward justice and results. And for many of us, you know, it may be the case that your your primary contribution may be some form of philosophy or or writing or journalism. But we need to see at least secondarily you fighting for freedom, for justice in a way that gets to the root of the unjust systems we aim to abolish. Are you with me? Are you following me? What does it mean to be an abolitionist? How do you live it? And I've, I've mentioned this just once before. I think there's one fundamental disagreement that I have with people that are abolitionists. I'll be right back after the break. The break. The, the break. The, 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 the break. Yeah. Hey, it's Nikki and Maria Elena, hosts of the North Star's newest podcast, America the Voiceless, a podcast that's about the right to vote and the fight to vote. We believe that all Americans have a voice, but far too many Americans hit roadblocks when it comes to casting their votes. In America the Voiceless, we hear from lawmakers, historians, activists, and everyday people as we unpack the barriers some Americans have to overcome to make sure their voices are heard during the voting process. You can listen to a new episode of America the Voiceless every Thursday this fall. All episodes are available on the Northstar.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. America the Voiceless. Many abolitionists operate under an an all-or-nothing philosophy that either we commit to tearing it all down in one fell swoop or anything else is is selling out. And again, I, I have to fundamentally disagree with that. As you've heard me say on this podcast many times, if... The unjust system, in part, that we're talking about, if part of that unjust system is is the system of mass incarceration or the systems of mass incarceration, you've heard me say that there's not a system, but there are 30,000 microsystems, and all 30,000 of them cannot be torn down all at the same time. It, it's literally impossible. And in fact, even the microsystems have to be torn down policy by policy, law by law, one at a time. And so I understand the desire to tear it all down in one fell swoop, but that's just not how it works. It's just not realistic. And, and it, it reveals uh, a fundamental misunderstanding of what this system is. It's not one system. It's 
30,000 microsystems with millions of laws and implications that have to be addressed. And as much as I would love to see it all torn down at once in one fell swoop, that's just not how this system is ever going to be torn down. And so, no, you're not selling out if you do it one policy, one person, one system, one structure at a time. Not at all. But in, indeed, quite the contrary. If you are fighting to tear down the system policy by policy and you do so because your worldview is that this system is fundamentally unjust, you're an abolitionist. And so that's what I want you to be. All of you who are listening to this podcast, who, who really are a part of the Breakdown family, I want each of you to become abolitionists. I want you to adopt the worldview that these systems and structures are unjust at their root, in their origin, that the, these systems really are just direct descendants of slavery, which we all know was horrible and nothing but unjust. And so these systems built on top of those structures are also deeply corrupt and unjust and should be torn down and replaced with something much better, and in some cases replaced with nothing at all. And so I want you to have that worldview, and I want you to continue, as many, as, you ha- as many of you have already done, I want you to continue taking real action so that you can proudly, boldly call yourself an abolitionist and know that it's true. Break it down. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.